Hello, and welcome back to another episode of On Spec. I am your host, Ryan Brath. First off, I want to once again thank everybody that tuned in to Instagram this past week on Friday for the question portion of the week. These are, I always get a lot of great questions on there. Uh, a lot of the questions end up being talked about in the show. And to everybody that follows along and pays attention to that and reaches out with questions, I want to say thank you. For those who haven't taken part yet, you can anytime you want. That is at rdsbrath on Instagram. I also happen to have the same handle on Twitter. And you can follow along the show at onspecwrx as well. So with that in mind, like I said, there was a bunch of questions I got this week. I'm going to get to one that is going to form almost the second portion of this week's show, and that is about buying a an entire set of golf clubs under a certain price point. Because, you know, I think one of the things that often gets brought up around this time of year when new product is coming out is how expensive certain product is. And I totally get that. I've covered that in past shows. And if you want to listen to me talk about that and talk about new clubs, by all means, take a listen to those episodes. But this is about budget shopping because when it comes to finding clubs that are going to work really well for you, and I've done this a little differently because in the past I have approached this subject talking about uh, just clubs across the board. But this time what I've decided to do is actually break it up into two categories. I have it for a lower handicap player and a higher handicap player. And this is because, especially this year, with so many new golfers coming into the game, one of the things, and I've, ta- again, talked about this in previous shows, I've worked, uh, I've had a few different jobs in a couple different industries, and everyone, every time, wherever I happen to work, always knew me as the golf guy. So if they had questions, reach out to Ryan. And I've had uh, f- friends of my, my family, uh, my wife's friends, all reach out, wanting to get into the game, and with that in mind, I offer my best advice for their budget. And that's what this is about because going into next year, I think hopefully we're going to see a lot of momentum of keeping these new golfers engaged. And if you are a new golfer, this is for you. And if you have some of your friends asking about equipment, this is also for you too. Because like myself, I love, I just honestly, I love shopping for older clubs at ridiculous prices, especially as a club builder. I know where I can find great value as far as looking for shafts and clubs that might have grips on them that are still in really good shape, or styles of clubs that I know are going to work really well for myself. And because I have the opportunity to adjust them, that's kind of one of the things where I get extra value. But the idea of passing on information to to you, the listener, to be able to understand and and know what you're buying when you are looking at stuff online, um, that's what we're here to do. Like I said, we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But first, I want to talk about the European Tour. Uh, congratulations to Lee Westwood for winning the race to Dubai and as well as Matt Fitzpatrick for winning the the actual event itself. Obviously, there's there's two versions of the event. It's kind of like the FedEx Cup, right? So the winner money title, Lee Westwood, and the winner of the tournament this past week was Matt's, Matt Fitzpatrick. And this is a big week for Ping uh, on tour because right now the the current leader, if you're listening to this on Monday morning, uh, the current leader going out on as of the third round still, which I know there's some players haven't gone out yet for the U.S. Women's Open, uh, has pin clubs in the bag. Uh, Lee Westwood won 
full set of pings. He's got some of the new stuff. He's uh, Everything's current, I think, basically in his bag. He's got a cool setup where he's actually using two U-wedges. One's bent uh, really weak. Probably a bounce thing for, for Lee. I know uh, if you've ever paid attention or watched Lee, his, his short game is not always super, super sharp. But it doesn't have to be because his ball striking is so freaking ridiculous. And he had um, I-210s in the bag. Uh, Victor Hovland won a couple weeks ago, I-210s in the bag. Matt Fitzpatrick won with I-210s in the bag. And this is one of those things where I always find it very interesting because, don't, and I, I fall into this category. I am not here uh, pointing fingers. I'm not throwing rocks in a glass house because I love playing with blade irons. Uh, I've admitted to that many times, uh, much sometimes to the detriment of my own golf game, but I do enjoy using them. And you know, they do become a little bit easier to hit when they are properly fit, which is really important. But when you look at players on tour, this is especially uh, something that you can notice right now on the LPGA Tour as they are playing the U.S. Women's Open is the types of clubs that are making up their bag setups. Because you're looking at players that, let's say their average swing speed is between 95 and 100. And that fits into the category for a lot of average male players. In fact, myself, I'm not much further above that anyways. Uh, So with that in mind, when it comes to building a set of golf clubs that are going to maximize performance, you're going to need, uh, or I highly recommend, something that would be a cavity back. And the I-210 is a perfect example of something that looks really great behind the ball, feels good, but offers help. Because these players are playing for lots of money. And when I get the question about blades versus cavity backs, and, you know, it's one of those highly debated topics uh, at Golf Day. We actually see it in the forums. It always comes up. People bring up blades or they talk about blades, and then someone will say, but you should cavity backs more forgiving. It's like, well, 100%. But, you know, it's, it's also about how you prefer to enjoy the game. Much like I enjoy using older golf clubs that are not very forgiving sometimes, or persimmon, or anything like that, because it's a different style of golf, even for people that play hickory golf, or whatever it is that you this makes you want to go play golf, do it. I don't care. But when we look at players at the highest level that are playing for, um, what's the word, money, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people out there, when you know when you're playing with your friends, you got a few bucks in the line, who doesn't want that extra help? And I think that's one of those important things to pay attention to when you are going into a fitting, because... And again, talking to any fitter, and as someone who has worked in fittings before, there are there are times when you can fit someone into something that they want, and it's going to work out very well. But if you're looking to maximize performance, performance over anything else, as in optimization and finding things that are going to land softer, fly further, all of those all of those factors that that allow for the potential for better scoring, then. Most of the time, for most players, that means going more forgiving. And it doesn't mean you have to go super, super, super chunky, but it can mean finding something that's going to find this really nice balance. And again, these irons are a good example, but there are lots of other examples out there. I think that's why we've seen a huge spike in something like the TaylorMade 790. For players out there using clubs like that, or another one would be the uh, Mizuno Hot Metal or Hot Metal Pro. It's done extremely well. Uh, Cobra. Even with Cobra with one length, that's another thing too. You can enjoy the game however you want, but for a lot of players who are looking for consistency, and this a lot of times relates to higher handicap players, then trying one length can actually be a huge factor in playing better. And who doesn't want to score better? Now, I just 
obviously gave like this whole big speech about ping but another company that actually has done very well this week if we're talking about wins and talking about performance is Betonardi. Uh so Matt Fitzpatrick I just talked about on the European tour one with a very custom Betonardi putter and if you want to hear a conversation about that putter as well as more that goes into Betonardi putters uh, across the board you can check out an older show that I did earlier this year with Sam Betonardi. Uh, we had them on to just talk about the wedges and a whole bunch of other stuff because the wedges are another part of their portfolio. They're trying to do more short game stuff, and I think they, they have some really um, some really cool things going on with their wedges as far as grinds and milling and finishes and all those kind of things. And then the other winner as well with a Betonardi putter is uh, was Kucher. Kucher this week at the uh, QBC, is it? I think that's what it was. It was like the the, the, the partner event. Uh, he won with Harris English, so another ping player, uh, using the arm lock style, using his own uh, version of the arm lock, which, again, is another one of those things where, for a lot of players, it can really help with performance as well as consistency. Just as I talked about earlier with one length, I think for a lot of players that might struggle with setup or might struggle with just overall consistency setting, um, making putts or delivering loft or lining up properly, Arm lock is a great style to try. Now, before I get to the second half of the show, talking about how to find great value out there when it comes to used clubs and building a golf bag, how could I not mention golfavenue.ca? Golfavenue.ca is one of the largest online retailers of new and used golf equipment on the internet. And one of the things that I love about them is the fact that you always get pictures of what you're buying. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I was a customer of theirs before they before I worked at Golf WRX, before uh, they became a partner of ours, because I just love that they offered you know really good ship, uh, deals on shipping when you spend a certain amount, which is not very high, and you get the pictures, which for me, when I'm buying older stuff, which is something I'm actually going to talk about in a little bit, was uh, a really nice convenience. And right now... If you are looking to get rid of some stuff that you have kicking around and you want to look for some other deals either for yourself or for someone else, if you go to golfwrx.com slash golfavenue, you can go through that link and through that link, you'll get additional value on your trade-ins as well as additional value on the other side when you go to purchase clubs. That is golfwrx.com slash golfavenue for all of the details and get trading in and get shopping. All right. So as I mentioned off the top, when I did the question and answer this week, I had a bunch of obviously questions. Uh, A lot of them were about fitting. A lot of them were about dynamics. A lot of them were about new shafts. Uh, Do you know any information on some of the new product that's coming out? Uh, I can either uh, confirm or deny what I do know or do not know, but I do know that I think a lot of golfers are going to be very excited when they hear all of the details about the new stuff that's coming out as far as actual gains and performance and the opportunity to get better when it comes to getting equipment and getting fit and getting dialed in to play better and play more consistently. And that's as far as I'm going to go on that topic. But we're not talking new stuff here. We're talking older golf clubs and like I said one of the questions I had was about building a budget bag for I think it was $750 and at that price point when we are talking uh, USD now a lot of people know I am Canadian 
Oh, wow, that sounded like that old beer commercial. That was not intentional. Anyways, uh, so I am a Canadian, and I generally shop online in Canadian prices, but I also know that when I am shopping online, I'm oftentimes buying things from the U.S., and I am paying in USD, which, in case you're not aware, uh, takes a bigger hit on my wallet on this side of the border, but... For everybody listening, when I'm talking about the $500 that is the budget for today's shopping spree online and recommending golf clubs, I am working in American money. I have broken this down into two categories. I am going to definitely go off the rails when it comes to other golf clubs that are available, but I wanted to uh, find some exact comparisons online. Uh, through a bunch of different avenues of shopping for equipment because I think it's important to understand what you're looking at. And before we get into this part and get into the actual specifics, the other thing I want to mention too is for irons and wedges and putters, not so much for the drivers and the fairways and the hybrids because there's a lot of adjustability there. But you should pay attention to the lie angles if someone's, uh, someone has that information. You know, again, if they're ping irons, talked a lot about ping today, you can look up their color code, you can go online, you can do some of their fitting tools, so you get a rough idea of what could possibly or what is going to most likely work well for you. But if you have the information about your current golf clubs, ask the seller. I have made this mistake more than once, and I am an experienced used club buyer. I have gone out of my way to find a set of irons that I was very excited about. I didn't check the lengths. I didn't check the line angles. I just bought them blind. And I was in a shop that had the tools to check them for me. I didn't even think about it. And I got home, threw them on the ruler, threw them on the swing weight scale, and just went, oh, oh no, this is going to be a major problem. Stuff that for myself was either way too long, way too short, or way too upright. I can deal with flat golf clubs, uh, but upright stuff doesn't work too well with my golf game. So uh, it's something that you really should pay attention to. And if, if it, the information is not there, just take a couple minutes. You might save yourself a lot of headaches by just asking the question to the seller and having that information handy when you are making that purchasing decision. As far as forge clubs go, if you either are lucky enough to have a lie loft machine, this is something you're probably not even concerned about. Uh, especially if you are just, if you have a club builder, you work with a lot, bending forge stuff is usually almost never an issue. But if you're dealing with certain cast golf clubs, a lot of times you're only going to get so much out of them, depending on the model. And you also, if, when you're working with older stuff, which some of the stuff that irons that I'm talking about today, for example, are a little bit older to get that extra value, then it's going to be harder to bend. So you got to pay attention to those kind of things. You got to ask those questions and you got to be a smart buyer. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to help educate. I'm here to share information so you can go out when your friends ask you uh, what kind of irons to look for, what kind of wedges, what kind of putters, what kind of driver. And drivers, too, are another one. So I realize I'm, I, mean, I feel like I'm beating around the bush here, but I want to make sure that I'm giving you all the information. Getting something that is possibly adjustable, depending on the player, can also be a big, big help because it's going to offer that opportunity to dial in further once you've found maybe a shaft flex and a loft that is hopefully going to work well or you think has worked well in the past then you're going to get something there you can go to the driving range or you go on the course and mess around with it and kind of try it out and dial it in because I want you to play your best I want you to enjoy playing golf 
And is this about maximizing performance? Not necessarily. It's about maximizing enjoyment and it's about maximizing budget. There are all kinds of golfers out there. There are people that are going to go to custom fitters and pay a lot of money to get the newest, latest, and greatest for performance. You're going to pay for that. Same with like people buying luxury cars to get a few extra horsepower and a little bit shorter zero to 60 time, which I think if you're driving, you know, in a suburb, I don't think it really matters anyways. Uh, but then there are other players on the other end who are looking for enjoyment, looking for value. And this is really what I'm focused on today. Neither one is right or wrong. It's just about your personal budget and your personal preferences. Okay, so let's get into it. I've kind of danced around the subject enough. Let's talk about the high. Let's talk about drivers. We'll go through the bag, uh, through category, and then divvy them up per player. So let's talk about the driver. For a lower handicap player, we're looking at something that is not quite as forgiving, potentially. We're dealing with almost all 460cc drivers, but not all 460cc drivers are created equal. And for the lower handicap player, I've got a bunch of options. They're all about 100 bucks. I think $100 budget on a driver when your budget is $500, because it's a club you're going to use a lot, is probably what you're looking at because there's a huge amount of value in fairy woods. You do not need to spend $100 on a fairy wood when you're looking at older product. And we're, I got titanium stuff. I've got major line OEM product all on this list. So when it comes to a driver, spend a little extra money. Look for something that has a shaft that's going to work with you and pay attention to loft. And for both levels of players, adjustability. So for the lower handicap player, I got the big Bertha 816. You can find some of the, what they, uh, they used to call them like the double black diamond or the alpha versions you can find some of those for around that hundred dollar price point depending on condition some of you lefties out there get some smoking deals because you know it's, i guess it's a smaller market so i guess it depends on what you're looking for uh for the higher and within that category as well i got so we have a tailor-made r15 around that hundred dollar price point you get adjustable weighting you get an adjustable hosel and you have a bunch of different shaft options that generally came in that product you can find now i'm not saying you're going to find one of these in great shape but you can find some of the tp stuff out there for great value and tp comes with more of the higher end aftermarket shafts and the cool thing is i think because they are one of the most popular drivers on the market if you have something that has a tailor-made tip or you're buying and looking to try something different you can buy a shaft or for a driver that has a tailor-made tip on it, either um, online, from a friend, whatever. There's all kinds of avenues to buy stuff like this for your, for your bag. But it's e really easy to find tailor-made tips. And anything past, uh, I think it was R11, they, they move to the new tip. So that's like all the, even like Rocketball Stage 2, all of those things moved to the newer tip design. So you can go back and find a ton of great value in that marketplace. Another one too, for drivers, lower handicap players, and it's one of my favorites, is the Titleist 910. Because you can get the D2, you can find the D3, it has a lot of different shaft options, and when it comes to finding the like matching loft to shaft flex, Titleist did a really good job with that. So a lot of the lower lofted heads, when you if, you're, if someone had a stock driver, you're going to find like the the made for Ahinas. You'll find some of the made for blue boards. If you're looking at a higher lofted one, you'd get like the red board one. I remember I worked for Titleist when they when the 910 series came out. It was like as a uh, summer job uh, doing like tech tech rep stuff. 
So I remember that line really well, and it was a it was a really good performer. And we saw on tour a lot of players stuck with the 910 for a number of generations before they moved on. And if you're looking for value, it's fantastic. And the tip from that driver, if you find something that you just absolutely love, can work in other any of the Titleist drivers as well. They have saved weight, they've changed the design a little bit, but they do work in every single driver. It's not the same for the Fairywoods, but for the drivers, it does, and I think you can get some great value. Now for the higher handicap player, one of my absolute go-to favorites. Now there are two ways to look at this. You can look at the gear junkie players and you can look at the Titleists and you can look at the TaylorMades and you can look at a lot of the Callaway stuff that offers adjustability. Uh, even like an Adams XTD, you can find some of those drivers for really, really good value. Uh, but one of my favorites is the Ping G10. And if you're someone who happens to, uh, let's say, are a fader of the golf ball, the G10 draw had offset, had heel bias, and it was a really, really easy to hit driver. If you look at that driver, even compared to a lot of modern stuff, the MOI on that was very high. Ping is known for forgiveness. I feel like this is like a very Ping-focused show today. I don't know why I did this. Um, it was not intentional. Uh, but with that in mind, it's something to very much consider. And it's one of my favorites. I remember I had a family friend who was retiring. He was getting into golf. And he asked me at one point, what should I look for? I want to spend like a thousand bucks. Canadian. And so we were looking at stuff online, but he wanted to go try clubs out. So we'd send them to like a local store that had specialized in a lot of used clubs. They do sell a lot of new stuff too. And I said, just go look for anything Ping G. Just look for G series stuff from Ping all the way back to like G2 irons. You're going to find wicked value. You're going to find stuff that's going to last a long time. Those cast irons really don't wear out. And the people at the store, they're going to help you and you can get the right line goal when you get out there and look for sets. They're all over the place. Uh, but when for the driver, for the high handicap, the G10 draw is by far one of my favorite values for the higher handicap golfer in that $100 price point. You can go a little higher, you can go a little lower, depending on you know where you want to spend your budget. But for me, the $100 driver price point gives you so many options. You don't really need to go past that because you can get shafts, you can get lofts, you can get adjustable, you can get non-adjustable. It's all there. So there's your 100 bucks on your driver. Fairway Woods. With Fairway Woods, because of the way I've broken it up, and again, we're talking value. This can work for lower handicap players. This can work for higher handicap players too. There, I only did one Fairway Wood. You, don't, you could go with two Fairway Woods. For the higher handicap player, I actually found a bunch of iron sets that offer hybrids. So you get that extra forgiveness and help in the longer clubs without having to use an extra fairway wood but for the lower handicap player and actually i did a, an article on this recently on golf wx you can check it out and uh, actually i will reach i'll reshare it and it was finding great value in fairy woods out there uh, across the board i got a bunch of stuff actually so i'm gonna i'll, I'll make sure to repost that on uh, twitter and i'll try to post it on instagram as well actually you know I'll, I'll try and post it on all the channels remember rds brath Twitter, Instagram, OnSpecWRX. Uh, but one of the ones and one of the, the clubs that offers a huge amount of value and brands is Tour Edge. And you can find Tour Edge Exotics CB2s for like $60, $70. We're talking titanium-faced fairy wood, titanium crown, extremely fast, using the same technology as a lot of modern fairy woods. I'm not saying that the, the mass properties are exactly the same, but if you're looking for a very consistent, hot fairy wood, it's very hard to beat that stuff. Same with finding older Adams product. Those things were awesome. 
XTD, one of my favorite go-tos. I still have a couple of those. I still have one of those drivers, still have one of those fair roads kicking around. They're very, very good. Uh, you can find some RBZ stuff from TaylorMade, Callaway as well. You can, I mean, you can go back to Steelhead and pay like next to nothing for fairway woods if you're looking for like a five or a seven wood. You're not going to get a lot out of that three wood compared to modern technology, but it is there. Uh, so for me, Tour Edge, the CB2 for the lower handicap player is by far the best option out there. But feel free if you if you thought of something else, shout out on Twitter or Instagram. Love to hear. Uh, what you're putting in your bag for the high handicap player i'm going right back to that g10 draw you can find those things for 70 dollars they even came with a four wood option which if you're looking for a player that maybe doesn't play a lot or wants that extra forgiveness off the fairway a three wood is not the way to go look for a four or a five wood and i i'm almost certain i found a four four wood draw in that g10 for i think it was 70 dollars so right now we're looking at, I got 150 bucks in on those because I even found one of the G10 drivers for like $80. The lower handicap player, it was uh, looking at $160 all in right now so far. For irons, let's start with the higher handicap because I've done a lot, started with the lower handicap first. A3 OS irons by Adams. Now you can go out there and you can find a lot of different product, especially in this category from a lot of different companies. Cleveland irons from a number of years ago would fall into the same category as extremely forgiving. You can find some stuff from TaylorMade, some of the burner product from a number of years ago that would work very well. That would fit into this category of around $200. It depends on um, depends on condition. That's a big thing with irons. That's why I like to look for more cast product because of the ability that it is generally not going to take so much of a beating than some of the softer forged stuff, depending on how much it was used. But high handicap, it has to be the A3OS. I remember working big box retail when those came out and they were new and then they, they were the older product and the new stuff came out. But because it was big box, you know, they're buying sets already packaged. They're getting a value discount on buying out a lot of the older stock from these companies when they exist or for Adams, for example, when it existed. I think we sold these sets for like $3.99 or $4.49 and then on a weekend they might go down to like $3.99. That's an insane deal for a set that has two or three hybrids in it. Some of the sets actually came down to gap wedge that I found. And there, again, saves you buying an extra wedge on the back end of your set. And I think for most players, I wouldn't even worry about a gap wedge. I would just go right to a sand wedge or get the matching gap wedge, which is a with the Atom set, you get. You can look at older McGregor NVG2 product. You can look at, I think I already mentioned the TaylorMade stuff, some of the older Callaway, like the X-Series, anything Big Bertha. The Big Bertha brand as a whole is very much always been about forgiving. And that's another opportunity to look for value in older Big Bertha product. But I would stay away from some of the stuff that is older with the S2H2 Hazel, which is that short one. Look for more of the newer stuff. You're going to get clubs you might pay a little bit more for them but i mean that's not in the category we're talking about i'm looking for maximizing your budget i'm going to go with the atoms low handicap irons is a rabbit hole of product because this is where i look for deals all the time i am online shopping for stuff i'm trolling the classifieds on golf wrx i'm all over this category because i love irons and the reason i like working with irons is a, I can adjust them myself. So if I find some old forge stuff, it's very easy to work with. And I like rebuilding clubs. 
It means pulling them apart. It means weighing them. It means bending them. It means testing them out. Everything about irons to me is what, and irons as well, when you want to test how good a builder is or how good a club builder is, or you want to know how good a club builder is, check the specs and some of the irons that they build. You can build wedges and build two wedges, and yeah, they're pretty easy to get those to spec. It's two golf clubs. They have to somewhat match, and with wedges, you can mess around with the swing weights if you want to go heavier in the shorter stuff. That's a little bit easier. Same with a driver. Uh, No offense, drivers are very easy to build, which is great for beginners, but the problem is you can really screw up an expensive golf shaft if you mess it up. Or club heads are very expensive as well when it comes to buying a single head for a driver, and if you don't put that thing together right, uh, it could end up down range, it could end up in a pond, it could end up in a whole bunch of places, and we don't want to do deal with any of that. So when you want to you know, know how good a builder is, look at everything they do with a set of irons. Have it be lies and lofts and swing weight and turning down the ferrules, which I am a, just a, a devil about the details when it comes to that stuff. Uh, it's kind of one of my trademarks because I take great pride in the products that I build for people and the clubs that I build for people. And the ferrule is to me is that telltale finishing touch. Same with putting on grips and making sure they're straight and getting the grip tape on there properly and all of those things, which you can't see. If you walk in and pick up a set of irons from a club builder or off the rack even, and you're looking at them, you don't know the swing weight. You don't know the line angle. You don't know the loft. You'll know the shaft flex. You'll know the grip that's on there, but you don't know really anything else about that set besides what you can see. And when it comes to ferrules, if a builder can't make those look good and they don't take the time to do the things that make those golf clubs pop when it comes out, when it's sitting in a golf bag, when it's sitting on a shelf, when, it, when you guys, a golfer, go to pick them up, then I wonder, well, they, they half-assed it here. Where else did they cut corners or where else did they not take their time? And that's why, for me, it's such a sticking point. So anyways, this is the category that I absolutely love. There's so many. There really is. You could you could spend uh, you could get 25 different sets for around 150 to 200 dollars. Uh, some of the ones that I found, great condition older Hogan irons. Uh, another one as well, big fan big fan favorite favorite of mine is the Titleist 735 CM uh, combo sets. You're, you might get a four to pitching wedge set. It's harder to find those three to pitching wedge sets. I know they two to pitching wedge sets are very rare to find in those. But I found that's on the high end. So that's $200. That's where I'm going to spend the most of my budget is iron specifically. Uh, have it be low handicap player or high handicap player because you're going to use them a lot and you want to find something because you're going to use them a lot you're, that's hopefully going to last a longer period of time. You can spend less and you can find stuff that's really, really beat up. But I don't encourage that, especially with irons, because you got to hit them out of the rough. You got to hit them all over the place. You want control with those golf clubs, and it's good to spend a little extra money on them. Adams CB ones, another set of irons, fantastic deal. Uh, I even found. Uh, I'm trying to think what they were. McGregor stuff. If you want to look for old McGregor product, great value there. There are even. I don't want to like. There's more Adams stuff as well. Look for companies that might not be in business anymore uh, just because, again, you can find that value. You can find good players, iron some Callaway, Titleist, TaylorMade. Ping is a little bit harder. If you like not very forgiving, you want workable. The S59s 
is a set that's out there. Some of the I-10s you can find. There's a lot of different options. I know I talked about the top earlier about finding uh, clubs that are a little bit more forgiving. You're going to get that with the Adam CB1s and, and clubs like that where you get a smaller cavity back that still offers a lot of forgiveness. And with the Adams, if you're looking at even Idea Pros, you can get clubs with like sets with the hybrids in them for under 200 bucks. You're might not going to get like the paint's not going to look brand new, but you're going to get some pretty good value there. And uh, yeah, we're looking at I st- I'm I'm now at like 300 uh, yeah, 350 dollars roughly for both high and low handicap player. I tried to break them up roughly the same. I can actually spend less in the lower handicap idea or lower handicap category because of the ability to buy less forgiving irons that are older have it be some really old blades you could buy them for like 100 bucks but uh generally speaking between 150 to 200 dollars is where you're going to find the sweet spot for a lot of these clubs that are say five to ten years old maybe a little bit older than that but absolutely great value for your like for your golf game wedges this one's it's actually very difficult. I didn't, I didn't break this. The last two categories, I really didn't break up separately because there's, there's almost, there's really no separation between the two, unless you want matching wedges for like a higher handicap golfer, but you can get Cleveland, Callaway, TaylorMade, Vokey, Mizuno product. You can get Cobra stuff. You can get all of these different companies wedges for about $50, slightly used, uh, slightly worn, different, lies different lofts you can you can the nice thing is too with wedges they're very easily bendable so if you can't quite find the loft that's going to match up to your set you can get them bent pretty easily it's like five bucks from for most companies or most places or club builders are going to charge you roughly five to six or seven dollars to to bend a wedge but you're going to get wicked wicked value uh, for anything around fifty dollars I like to look for forged wedges just because I'm a little nitpicky, but that, I mean, Vokies aren't forged. And if you look for some of the older stuff, you can find the uh, the non-conforming 2010 grooves. Now you're going to go back a little bit. You can find, uh, one of the other ones that I love is finding like Ping I2 wedges. They're like 20 bucks. You can get a full set. You can get a, you can get a new pitching wedge and a, a sand wedge and a lob wedge for well under like $80. And that's, in, and I mean, even if you buy irons, for the high handicap or low handicap, you can buy most of those for like 150 bucks. Some of them have the lob wedges in them and the sand wedges in them. So you're getting matching sets for ridiculous value. And for me, that's that's where you, because you're going to get a lot of use out of those golf clubs. So get something that's going to work, get something going to help your golf game. And uh, it's more like, anyway, it seems like a homogeneous kind of category because there's so many options out there. But it is just one of those ones where you're going to get a lot of value for your money when you're buying wedges. The other one that I like too, old Nike stuff, ridiculous deals out there when it comes to even low handicapper irons. Not always the case. For high handicap irons, you can find some wicked, crazy deals. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm, on the, I'm trying to like do the goodwill hunting thing here. I'm not. I just, I don't know why that, that term came to my head, but, uh, or why that word usage of wicked came to my head. But like the NDS irons, going back to the high handicap irons, CPR stuff, the VR full cavities, I recommended those to a number of players and they've all gotten back to me and said they really like them. Even the Nick Kent 4DX product. If you're looking for hybrids, another company, I didn't really go through hybrid category, but you can find the value there, especially in the Adams and the Nick Kent stuff. Now with wedges, literally anything under $50, just look for condition, look for stuff that's got good grooves on it. Look for good grooves and good grips. That's all you need to do. 
They're a little dinged up. They're wedges. They're going to get banged up anyways. Don't worry about the soles. They're a little rusty. Even better. I like the rust. Not if they're chrome. If they're chrome plated, rust is not good. That means they're probably pretty worn out. But if they're raw wedges, you're going to get great value there because for some reason, if you think of the mass market of golf equipment, people don't like rusty golf clubs. That's why if you talk to Vokey or Titleist salespeople or people at big box stores, the old rusty stuff used to sit on the shelves. And that's why Nike, when they did the Engage, they did like wax dip and all this like crazy stuff. Those wedges were ready. To, from like the old story from those is, those are actually ready to go, and then they were they were delayed because they couldn't figure out this wax coating to peel off and do it. Anyways, it's a whole mess. But because uh, I'm here to help educate you, look for raw wedges. You'll get an even better deal. And some of my favorites are the old Cleveland's, even 588 stuff, and uh, the Callaway Mac Daddies. Those grooves were insane when they first came out. If you find the older stuff, by all means, you're still going to spin it a ton and you have no issues finding grinds and lofts and all those things out there. So that is great value, 50 bucks for wedges per wedge. And with that, speaking of the budget, I'm talking about sand wedges here. You spend a little less on the irons, go for a gap wedge, maybe need a lob wedge. But I'm going to figure out both these categories are well under uh, 500 bucks. Special shout out to package sets. A3OS Adams. I know I'm, I'm kind of harping real hard on the Adams now just because it's one of those companies where it's not around and they offer great value. They offer really forgiving clubs. I found sets of A3OS full sets, offset driver, fairy wood, maybe a couple fairy woods, irons, all the way down to like a sand wedge for $280, 300 bucks. No bag, no putter, but uh, if you're just looking to get someone into the golf, into the game of golf, and wants thing really forgiving, by all means. They even did half sets for women, too. So women, juniors, you can cut those things down. Great value. And they came with a bag. Those are harder to find, but they're out there. Putters. I basically budgeted $100 for the higher handicap golfer to fit right underneath that $500 bin, or $500 price point. And for the higher handicap golfer, one of my favorite putters to recommend is the two ball. They've been making that thing for like 15 years, Go back, find a two ball. There's all kinds of different insert options and looks and finishes. Just grab yourself a two ball or any type of older mallet. You're going to be just fine. When it comes to the lower handicap player, now this is a generalization, right? I'm not saying higher handicap players are going to generally use mallets and lower handicap players are going to use blades. But to to generalize and to help break it up into a category, $100 for a two ball, you're going to get great value. Some of my favorite putters in the blade category that offer value, Nike stuff. I know. A lot of people are probably, you're shaking your head now, right? You're like, no, Nike didn't. No, they did. They actually made a lot of really good putters. Some of the stuff that I liked, this is going to be way off the grid. If you remember these things, congratulations. I owned one of these for a long time. Uh, I wish I had one still. I do look for them uh, quite often. Is the Nike Unitized. They like welded the head to the shaft. It's an odd-looking putter, odd-looking finish on it, but the putter performed fantastic. The headweights were really heavy uh, to what was, at the time, current standard, which was like, they were like 350 headweights. They were a little bigger. They were boxier. They were easy to line up. Those are hard to find in good shape because a lot of times the people that bought them bought them on closeout. They didn't care what they were buying because they didn't sell very well, and they got really beat up. But there is great value in a lot of the old Nike stuff. I like TaylorMade Ghost putters and some of the old TP Kia, uh, Kia Ma putters. You can find the Rasa stuff, or yeah, the Rasa line. 
you might just go above the $100 price point. You can find them in ridiculously good shape. You just have to know where to look and kind of, you know, be a little bit picky. Uh, there's the Yes Putters. Anything ping, anything more than five years old in ping, you're, unless it's a milled one or a redwood or something like that, you can find a lot of them for around that $100 price point. You can get smoking deals and all those things. The putter and wedge category, the short game category, because a lot of people cycle out. Uh, how do I say this? People's short games generally suck. They blame it on their golf clubs, and then they get new stuff. Where, in reality, you should probably get a lesson and maybe get a fitting, and you'll probably improve a lot quicker than just buying new wedges and putters. Now, you heard that from me, someone who also likes to enjoy buying wedges and putters, but if you are one of those people who is looking for value, you're going to get a lot in that category because people tend to cycle through them, either for any number of reasons, especially putters. But the $100 price point in putters, you'll find all kinds of stuff. And that's it. There's your $500 bag. In fact, if you look for some of the deals as far as irons or fairy woods, or you have like just one of those product categories already, you can get yourself a bag, you can get yourself shoes, get some golf balls, buy some tees, go to the driving range, buy a, like a pack of, you know, range, like 10 buckets for seven, price of seven, whatever it happens to be, you can get a lot of value for 500 bucks. And that's kind of the point of this, right? I've talked a lot about performance and new clubs, and it is there. It exists. I've seen the numbers. I have gone through fittings. I've seen these performance variables add up year over year over year, depending on the golfer, depending on the fit, depending on if you were fit for your previous product, where your misses are, where the club gains in performance. It's all there. But this is about enjoyment. That's what this whole show is about. This is about finding enjoyment in the game, looking for different ways to share your love of the game. Maybe maybe you've already got a set of clubs. Maybe you want a travel set and you don't want to, you know, match, match your new set that you just spent 2500 bucks on. So you go out and you sp- buy some older stuff that you leave at your your cottage or you leave at your family's house when you go there once in the summer. You don't want to lug the clubs because you, you have a small car, whatever it happens to be. You don't want to ship them. You don't care. You're out there for casual rounds of golf. This is a great way to do it and find a lot of value. So look for those brands that either might not be around anymore or look for the smaller boutique brands that are out there that focus on more of the value product because you're going to get it. And you can enjoy the game. You can share it with other people. And all the money you saved, you could actually go play golf, which is kind of the whole point, right? I mean, especially too, if you want to get a half set, you can find kind of mixed mashy stuff out there too. If you want to go crazy nuts, you can buy random single irons all over the place. You might end up adding up on shipping or wherever it happens to be buying it from. But you can get it. You can get out there, get on the golf course for not a lot of money and play the game. I like doing this topic, and the reason I talk about this all the time, either on social media or just trying to get this message across, is I realize maybe I'm preaching to the choir here. So, no, it's not, this message might not go very far. But I think it's important to remember that the perception about golf is always the fact that it's a closed shop, that you're not, it's expensive and it takes a long time and you can't afford the clothes or the shoes or the clubs or whatever it is. And I hear that from people, or I've heard that a lot in the past, and I don't like it because, yes, there are country clubs that exist. Yes, there are high-end fitters that exist, and you are going to pay a premium for those things. You're paying for a someone's knowledge and depth of knowledge and the equipment that they use and the course conditioning and all these different things, but you don't need those 
to actually go out and enjoy the game. You go to a pitch and putt and rent a club for three bucks and get bring some golf balls and just have some fun. It doesn't hardly cost anything. And it's about opening the door. So when people ask, and people ask these questions all the time, I think it's really important to be accommodating and bring people in. And it's what this show's always been about. I mean, we're getting in, we're getting close to two years here now doing this show and doing on spec. And I've had the chance to talk to all kinds of different people around the golf industry. A lot of times it's me blabbering into the microphone. But I want to continue to reinforce the message that golf is a very welcoming game. If there's anything we've learned in 2020 besides a whole bunch of garbage stuff, like, you know what I mean. It was just not a great year for a lot of people and for obvious reasons. But for golf and people that wanted to get outside and, and reconnect with people and be social, golf was very successful. And because and not just for new golfers, but people that were lapsed golfers and re- reconnected with the game. And I think it's really important to continue to build on that momentum and have fun and be open and be encouraging and share the message that there is a lot of value out there that you can find to enjoy the game and bring your friends into it. And just hopefully, in my little corner of the golf universe that this is that you're listening to, we can help change that perception just a little bit and mission accomplished. So I hope you enjoyed the show this week. Covered a lot of topics. I blabbed my face off once again. I want your feedback. I maybe I should have, you know, I shouldn't have maybe mentioned this 45 minutes into the show, but I do want your feedback. Reach out on the social media channels. That is me. I don't have some social media person managing them that would be super fancy but it's not me at all that's uh it's me on it all the time and rds brath instagram and twitter follow the show along on spec wrx i'm going to do it because i did this the last couple weeks got some really great uh had some really great conversations with people online so i'm going to do this again because if you've gotten this far in the show thank you very much my email is ryan r-y-a-n dot brath b-a-r-a-t-h at golfwrx.com there it is. There's my email directly to me. Goes right to my phone. Any time of day. Don't expect any. Don't expect a reply immediately. Any time of day. That's not what I'm saying. But it is me. That's my email, and I'm happy to answer your questions, and you know, just help. That's what I'm here to do. Here to share. Here to have fun. And I hope you enjoyed the show this week. Thanks for listening.